0: Welcome to the Known Parent Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by your friends at LifeWay Student Ministry. We want to help you lead your teenagers to know God, own their faith, and make their faith known. You can learn more about LifeWay Student Ministry at www.lifeway.com. Your hosts for the Known Parent Podcast are Rick Prawl and Mike Wakefield from Student Ministry Publishing at LifeWay. Rick has a son and daughter in college, and Mike has a daughter in college and a son in high school. In addition to being parents of teenagers, both Rick and Mike have experience in student ministry, church staff ministry, and ministry through student ministry publishing. Let's join Rick and Mike as they share their experiences related to the topic for parents and teenagers addressed in this month's known study.
1: Welcome to another episode of our Known Parent Podcast. As always, I'm Rick Prawl. I'm your host with our co-host, or my extra host. Okay, that sounds really stupid, doesn't (laughs) it, Mike? Mike Wakefield down at the other end of the table. Mike, how are you?
0: I'm doing good, Rick. Co-host is fine. That's fine.
1: Uh, Mike, as we're uh, looking at this month, uh, we've got a Bible study on Work It Out. It's about conflict resolution. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. Um, and we wanted to bring in an expert this month to help us with conflict resolution. Um, we've got uh, Don Cornelius here with us. Don, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. The Good. expert part really, that, that scared me. <laughs> See, we're, we're giving Good. you
1: some high expectations here. <laughs> Don, for parents that are listening to the podcast this month, um, just tell them a little bit about who you are, your family, uh, what you do here at Lifeway.
2: Sure. Uh Dawn Cornelius, I'm um, managing director here in Student Ministry Publishing. Been at LifeWay collectively quite a few years, about six six, seven years and came to Lifeway initially in nineteen ninety eight and left a um, few year, five years after that in order to uh, to go and get married. And now uh, Michael and I have three children. We have a five-year-old Olivia, a three-year-old little girl named Christian, and our one-year-old turned one-year-old just (laughs) (laughs) a day ago, and his name is Ezra.
1: Wow. Three kids, uh, imagine you've got some conflict already. (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to uh, years from now with those three teenagers, that's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be
2: exciting. (laughs) I think we have three junior teenagers right now.
1: (laughs) Well, as we get into the study, Mike, uh, we're looking at a a wide variety of, of topics and questions in this unit of study related to conflict resolution, but as parents are listening to this, you know, obviously in our families we're going to have conflict. Um, as we have teenagers, we're going to have conflict in our home. And and obviously the point of this podcast and this study is not to solve all your conflict problems at home, but to give you a basic idea of what conflict resolution is all about. Mike, why don't you just kind of overview this, this study and just kind of even tell parents why we decided to put this Bible study together.
0: Okay. Uh, I think p- part of our thinking was is that our students live, they live in a world of conflict. I mean, they we were. I was talking to students not long ago about it this other day, and that, I mean, our students today pretty much have never known a world without war, mm. uh, even mm. our own nation, mm. and so on a global nature, we're, they're just immersed in conflict on a global nature. But then you start backing that down into their own personal world uh, with uh, conflict they experience at school uh within friendships and then rick you as you mentioned even their homes and unfortunately there's just a lot of conflict and a lot of pain in the hearts and lives of students Um, and i think part of that too is is not knowing how to to deal with conflict because they, they haven't had great examples of that they haven't had great examples of how to deal with the conflict in their lives or in their relationships i mean we see even you know i mean Unfortunately, most weeks we can pick up the paper and see how somebody resolved conflict by taking a gun and killing somebody. Right. And we need to have a, a, a better understanding, okay, you know we're going to have conflict. It is going to happen. Uh, but how do we solve that? How do we deal with that in a biblical way, in a godly way? And so that's what we wanted to help teenagers do that, to have a good foundation to know how to biblically, godly, in a godly way, solve, resolve the conflict that's going on in, in their lives and in their families and in their friendships.
1: Well, and Don, as, as we look at this study, you know, why is it important for us as Christians to be able to have a, a a model, a pattern to be able to handle conflict?
2: That's a great question. You know, conflict is a tough issue. Primarily it's, you know, I think most people stand on either one of two sides. Either they avoid conflict totally because they have no handle, no teaching. I mean, where do, where do you go to get teaching and training? You know, it's not a part of our ongoing curriculum as people to just know how to deal with conflict. The other um, side is that, uh, you know, the swing of the pendulum is that people who find themselves settled into conflict. And so they just not so much they enjoy it, but they have resolved uh, that issues cannot be resolved. And as Christians, I mean, that's that's what God calls us to be you know you just see over and over conversations about being peacemakers and Mm -hmm. uh, being those who love um, others as ourselves and um, being a people of peace and that will be known even um, by our love one for another and just what that looks like so it's it's a great conversation and I mean what a gift to teenagers to be able to address this think about it and um Learn some skills and even from a biblical perspective what it might mean to deal with conflict um, so this is a great a great opportunity even for parents who are trying to struggle with this
1: well I think part of our thinking too is that you know this is an a known study, and in our pattern mm-hmm. of you know knowing God, owning mm-hmm. your faith, and making your faith known, uh, we have a tremendous opportunity. To reflect christ especially in the way that we handle conflict mm-hmm. and mike as you said i mean there's mm-hmm. conflict everywhere and we're involved in conflict and as parents how do we resolve conflict how do our kids see us handling conflict and then how do we resolve conflict within our home uh, we're looking in you know parents uh, at four questions this month your students are looking in, in their bible studies at questions like what causes most conflict and the point of that week is that sin and selfishness are at the root of most conflict we're going to look at why do we need to resolve conflict. And the point is that because conflict can seriously damage relationships. Third week, we're looking at how do I help people in conflict. And the point is to refocus them on what's important. And then we're going to look at what heals the damage caused by conflict and talk about humility and forgiveness. That Those are opportunities to bring healing Before we get into all these questions, let me just ask you guys, as you were growing up as teenagers, how did your parents handle conflict resolution? How did they model that in your home? What kind of things took place?
0: I don't know for us, um I guess it was one of those things I've heard people say, well, you know, I never saw my parents argue, I never saw my parents fight or whatever, you know, have a conflict and that was not the way it was in our home. I mean, <laughs> you know, my parents are I mean, my parents are very loving and they really are. They had a great relationship and they were a great model and example of, of godly parents and godly people. But, you know, they had conflict. And so, you know, I can still remember um you know hearing those tense words between my parents, but also seeing them make up and, you know, seek forgiveness and ask forgiveness. And they modeled that in our home and they modeled that with us as, as children, uh, as kids. And I I think I may have said this on the podcast before, uh, and this really kind of gets to the last lesson, but my dad, one of the things, uh, I mean, my dad's always been my hero. He really has. And I always look up to him. One of the things that really stood out to my dad, to me about my dad was that he was, Always willing to come to me and and ask for forgiveness if he had done something wrong, I just you know the, I respect him so much for that um, that he would even as a as an authoritarian figure come to me and say you know what I was wrong in this and I need you to forgive me and so not only did we see conflict in our home but we saw a lot of forgiveness practiced hmm. in our home and uh, so I grew up with that that's you know forgiveness and love and grace and mercy those things were modeled in our home uh, growing up. And so that
1: Mm -hmm. has carried over into your parenting. I mean, that was kind of the point is some of the things that we see growing up, we tend to carry over. Other things we kind of change. Um, Don, what about you? What did you see growing up?
2: Well, Rick, I I would say I probably had a mixed bag of things that I watched. I was raised by my grandmother. My biological uh, mother gave uh, gave me up at birth. And uh, my grandmother adopted me, me, paternal grandmother. Later, we found out she was my paternal grandmother. Um, and my father was also in the home. Um, so I, I, it's interesting. It wasn't until after high school, after college, really, when I look back in my life and realize I've never seen marriage. Mm-hmm. And even in the church I grew up uh, in, I never saw people I knew they were married, but I never saw them together. Um, it wasn't until much, much later in a staff position at a church I saw that. So I, I didn't have the opportunity to witness that kind of, like, what what does marital or conflict look like? Um, but certainly, uh, you know, we had our share of issues and conflicts and Two, two different kind of polar views of it. I, I have my grandmother was this just incredible godly woman. And for me to talk about how she deals with conflict almost sounds like uh, surreal, like this is magical person that I've kind of created in my mind and <laughs> mythical and nobody lives up to that. But that was the reality of who she was. I would just see her embrace it. And um, I don't remember her ever avoiding or not talking about it. But it was just with this gentle hand of love and compassion and grace filled and I remember one specific uh time of of me being hurt by you know something some other kids had said and it it was it was pretty significant and came home when i shared it with uh, my grandmother it was some kind of character assassination things that that these kids had said and my grandmother never spoke anything negative about them but used it as an opportunity to build me up instead Mm -hmm. and realize that my response to it was out of a lack of my own self esteem, mm-hmm. and because of that, she poured into me. You know, so it was grace and uh, and, and 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 inadvertently showed me so much what it means to be forgiving of of other people and realize what God is really doing in inside of side of us on the side of my my father he he was never able a great man but never able to admit wrong and that's really just a personality you know kind of a character issue and, and flaw so i learned from that experience and, and seeing that and one of the commitments out of that that i i said i would make is is to always admit you know my shortcomings mm. And just own up, own up to them, and uh, extend grace, and expect that that God would give people in my life who would give me grace as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I grew up in a family where, you know, unlike Mike's, that we didn't we didn't see a lot of of conflict going on in my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of that happened behind closed doors, so we didn't see a lot of that. We didn't see a lot of examples of how to work that out. And so, as a result, you know I've grown up, and you know I try to avoid conflict at all costs <laughs> don't want to get in the midst of conflict and kind of panic when I have to be in the midst of conflict and I have learned you know through marriage um to to express that differently and, and work mm-hmm. through that and, and be different and handle that differently with our kids. Um, but it is interesting that a lot of the way that we parent, and we've heard this mm-hmm. from psychologists mm-hmm. that a lot of the way that we parent is directly related to the way that we were parented <laughs> or as, you know, completely turning that around from the way that we were parented and, and dealing with that. Let's talk about this whole idea of conflict because as we talk about this, as your students are looking at this in their Bible study, they're talking about it from a standpoint of, you know, conflict and relationships and and how that that works out. Let's talk about this just from a parent standpoint, you know, with kids in our house, teenagers, and and even going back to when they were little kids, looking at especially this first week Bible study. What causes most conflict? We're looking in James chapter four in that session, and this idea that that sin and selfishness are at the root. How have you guys seen that played out with your kids, whether they're young like Don's or as Mike and I, we've seen them grow up through all that. How have we seen that demonstrated in our homes, that the root of most conflict is that sin and selfishness?
0: I mean, that's a pretty statement right there. It just is. You just see it. You know, you, it doesn't take long to see the sin nature come out of people, uh, even with your kids at a small age. I've always said, you know, if you doubt the sin nature, just go watch the toddlers, you know, in the nursery <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you don't have to teach them to be selfish. That's just <laughs> our nature to be, to care about myself and me first. And so, Um, you know, with our, with our kids in our house, you know, I have a one in college and one still in high school. We still, you know, it's still, there's still that tension of, I want what I want and pride. Unfortunately in our home, there's a lot of pride. We're all very prideful, (laughs) you know? And so it it just rises to the top. And, And I think we see that a lot when, um, when we're not walking with the Lord and we're not involved in our own quiet time and we're not doing the things that we need to be doing, you know, spiritually in times of, uh, tension and those kinds of things, uh, boy, we can really butt heads in our home and we have, we have a great house. I'm home. We do, you know, full of love and everything, but it's just, it's that thing of it's inevitable because we still have that sin nature within us. And, and so much of that is still, I want what I want and I'm most important and you know, I'm going to fight for that. So,
1: yeah. And Don, you've seen this in the lives of students that you've worked with, but now that you've got, you know, three kids (laughs) under six years old in your house, what do you see going on firsthand with these little guys?
2: Yeah, so so true, Rick, and and also I'm just you know reminded I, I raised um, a niece and a nephew during during their teenage years. They're they're over twenty something or so now. But <laughs> even when they were in our home, but particularly now, it's 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 always ref- different when you having your own children that you birth and you look at somebody right. that uh, <laughs> you know, God forbid, just acts opposite of your expectations, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I think I think a lot of it, you know, is Rick is is unfulfilled expectations, Mm. you know, causes conflict. And sometimes, you know, it's it's because the person who had the expectations like me as a parent, you know, my motives were wrong. I expected, you know, those things that were really all about me and my sin and my selfishness and not at all about God wanting to form somebody into my own image as Mm. opposed to God's image. And some of it is just unfulfilled expectations yeah. on, with my kids. I mean, you know, it doesn't take much to, you know, for a kid to have a desire and you say no to that and boom, you know, conflict has has uh, shown up because it, yeah. <laughs> That's a good work. That's yeah. a good work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's tantrums everywhere and I mean, it's it's conflict and we you going to have to figure out how to how to resolve that.
1: What have you guys done or what can we do as parents to help our kids, our teenagers? You know, this kind of gets into the the second and third Bible study sessions this this month about what do we need to do to resolve conflict, why do we need to resolve conflict, and and how do we go about doing that? What have your guys' experiences been? What can we share with parents to help them in this process of resolving conflict, especially for somebody like me that runs from conflict?
2: (laughs) I'd say, you know, one of the first things that comes to my mind is is honesty, honesty, You know, I mean, I mentioned earlier about, you know, at some point you just have to fess it up, you know, and own up to where, you you know, what part in this, you know, ordeal that you you play in it. And um, I've learned uh, when dealing with conflict is to own my part first, Mm -hmm. Um, even with even with our kids. Um, as young, as young as they are, I mean, it's, it's not, uh, random that I'll go in the room or we're dealing with an issue and, and say, look, this, this is, this is what, what where mommy is and, and what I, what I expect and wrong or, or right, you know, I kind of, kind of deal with those issues. Um, the, the other part of that is, is just that, um, conflict never goes away, <laughs> There is a perception that if you ignore it and um walk mm. away from it, that somehow it will dissipate and disappear and vanish in the thin air. So my motive in dealing with resolving conflict is that I don't want it bigger.
0: Mm. You
2: know, I don't like conflict, um, but um, I, I don't want a big conflict for sure. So. You know, talking often, communicating expectations, um, and uh, coming back together again to to reaffirm those expectations if they've changed. Let's let's talk mm-hmm. about it, and trying to keep those things in check, but dealing with it quickly and often. Um, and sometimes, you know, for me, especially even in my marriage, it creates this. Um, issue of where I'm always wanting to address something. And <laughs> and then that issue is, is that I don't want it. I don't want a bigger issue. Um, and I really do do want, um, you know, to, to have a sense of, of God's peace um, and things working smoothly. And then often asking God to change my motives yeah, um, mm-hmm. and my expectations because they in themselves create a lot <laughs> of the conflict.
1: Mike, what about you guys in your family? What have you done to help resolve conflict and work through that with your kids?
0: I just want to affirm what, Dawn has said in the, just trying to be honest about it and confronting that, which is not good. I'm not good at that. I'm, I'm like you and Rick in a lot of ways. I don't like confronting those situations. Tricia, my wife's a lot better at that. Make so a you good just team. leave it up to her. No, we make a pretty good <laughs> team. Yeah, sometimes. We make a pretty good team and because she she sometimes goes too far, and I'm the one that's, you know, I'm like, it's oh, not that big a deal. So if we meet in the middle. You know, we're usually able, yeah. especially if we're dealing with the children, we're usually able to kind of talk through that, you know put both of our skills together to say okay let 's get a good read on where this is and 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 one of the things that helps us is that being able to say okay was I, was I wrong in that as a parent to mm-hmm. say was I wrong you know help me to see am I wrong in this or you know do we need to go stronger farther? How do we need mm-hmm. to approach this as far as what dealing with our t- with our children so um, one of the things too, especially as parents for for those of you that have you, both parents are in the home is being on the same team. We talk about that a lot you know, that, um, with the children that we are a united front, yeah. you know, and even though we may not totally agree together then, but we we try to maintain that united front so that, you know, they're not coming to Trisha and saying this and then come to me and get a different answer. Mm-hmm. And so there are times when we have to say, wait, we'll talk about that in a minute. And then we've got to get our heads together right, to yeah. deal with how we're going to handle what's going mm-hmm. on. That's just really good because man, kids can play you you know, they really can uh, to get what they want. So, so that's one of the things we do, honesty, confronting it, trying to deal with it. And as I said, you know, we, we try to maintain a home full of forgiveness and grace um, and try to model that early on. We're big about talking what it really means to forgive. You know, you don't say, I'm sorry, but you (laughs) Uh, you, you say, you know, we've, we kind of have this phrase, you know, you say I was wrong, you know, I apologize. I was wrong will you forgive me and try to be really upfront yeah. about that, you know, not, not giving excuses, but you know what? I was wrong. And like I said, man, that's hard as a parent, as an adult, <laughs> as a man, I think some of that is Don mentioned about her father as a man, sometimes as fathers, that's really hard for us because mm-hmm. you know, that saying I'm wrong means there's a thing I've failed and boy, yeah. that's mm-hmm. tough for us men to deal with that, mm-hmm. you know, to say we're failures and that, but you know, guys, you got to get a handle on that. Your sons and your daughters, especially your sons, need to hear that from you. They need to hear you say, "I was wrong, and mm-hmm. I made a mistake, and will you forgive me?" And so, we try to foster that in our home. And, and like I said, that uh, just that sense of love and 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 the um, the atmosphere that it's okay to mess up. You know, that we're all going to mess up. I was thinking as Don was talking a minute ago. One of the things that's hard, so hard, about conflict and dealing with it in our home is watching. My children make mistakes and do things that are faults of mine, Mm -hmm. you know, to see my faults come out in them. Mm -hmm. Man, that's really difficult to deal with because how can I correct them when I'm having a hard time even in my own life dealing with that before the Lord? So that's some internal conflict that I deal with. Uh, and I think it's all parents that we mm-hmm. deal with that to watch our faults come out in our children, and how do we how do we deal with that in our yeah. conflicts? So.
1: Yeah, as I as I looked at this unit and thought about this, you know, one of the, the things, the stories that that I like to share as we talk about conflict resolution, you know, with our kids, they would do the same thing, Mike. We'd tell them, you know, okay, tell your sister you're sorry. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. tell her you're sorry and mean it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And we would do the same thing. You know, tell her, okay, I'm sorry for what I just did and spell it out and and really model, begin saying that. And mm-hmm. it does come back to his parents, us modeling that before our kids. I, th- I think you're right, Mike. Our kids have to see us modeling that um, and not just not all behind closed doors you know they need to see mm-hmm. us as parents working through conflict but you know I remember several times with our kids when and I mean they were just at each other's throats and we would take them and we'd stand them in the middle of the living room and I would make them <laughs> hug each other for five minutes I'd tell them I'd set a timer and I say you just stand there and you hold each other and hug each other for five minutes um, and it was amazing that you know the first two minutes I mean they still they were squeezing each other like you know I'm gonna hurt you but then, <laughs> (laughs) You know, as you got closer to the end of the five minutes, it began becoming laughter and and it became a release of that conflict. And then we would say, okay, now tell each other you're sorry um, and work through that. We've even done that when they were teenagers um, and, you know, tend tend to work through that uh, kind Mm -hmm. of a a different way to look at that. I wonder if as parents, maybe we need to stand in the middle of the living room with our spouse and just hug each other Mm -hmm. for five minutes and work Mm -hmm. through some conflict, but to uh, allow them to see that in our lives.
2: Yeah, well, we'll say, you know, Rick, you know, about that, Uh, because we have tried to emphasize forgiveness and dealing with things and conflict, those kinds of issues um, with our kids, our kids check us, Michael Mm -hmm. and I, often on it. You know, if they hear my voice, and usually it's me, <laughs> there's True my confession, my confession. <laughs> and they hear my voice getting tense or a little bit uh, elevated. I mean, but, uh, my girls especially, and, and this is where the, the Lord really um, works on me, they will come to, to first, they'll go to their father and say, Daddy, it's okay. And they'll stroke him <laughs> and affirm him first. And then they'll come to me and they'll say, Mommy, you shouldn't talk to my daddy in that kind of manner. Wow. Um, mommy say sorry, and so, <laughs> and at first, of course, it's that you know I just would really you know take yeah. his neck off, but then um, you know the Lord just works through those kids so quickly. Mm-hmm. Because that they are modeling back to us what we have modeled to them, and mm. suggesting how they act in, in those relationships, and um, it's just amazing to see. But I will add one other thing to the question you said you asked about: is you know how, how do you deal with it? And one of those, those things, and we found it to be true in our family, is prayer mm. and praying about the issue. Because I don't want to suggest to anyone that conflict is something that you neatly tie up and wrap it up in the one setting right. with mm-hmm. all these things, and you're done. You know, sometimes we have issues even in our home uh, where the conflict will last mm-hmm. <laughs> for a long period of time and it just will because it will because there are issues that in our own strength we can't resolve, we can't settle it and we just don't agree mm-hmm. um, and resolving conflict doesn't mean that everyone agrees right. um, sometimes you the, re- the resolution is that we agree to disagree and we're going to trust God to show us what to do in the process so we pray about it, we pray out loud about it, the honest feelings I don't like what he's done, I don't like what she said um this is the issue i'm struggling with and 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 we pray for them for for that that other that other person in our home that we're dealing with and so it becomes um just a time for god even to soften the heart as we uh pray for each other you know about the conflict we're dealing um dealing with and that god just seems to work work in that Early in my marriage, one of the commitments I made and haven't always been faithful about that is is that when there is a conflict, something, um, an issue between us, before I talk to him, I talk to God, mm-hmm. and um, that has been life changing for me. And when I have obeyed that, <laughs> uh, I've seen God work ahead of me, yeah, and mm-hmm. and um, definitely in the lives of our kids.
1: Well, I think one of the really important aspects of this whole unit of study, and we mentioned on the front end, is that. The way that we handle conflict is a witness to others. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a witness to our neighbors. I'm always ultra concerned about, you know, do our neighbors hear screaming and yelling (laughs) at our kids? (laughs) But also the whole point of this is helping our students begin to understand and grasp that the way I handle conflict, as well as anything else in life, but in particular this unit, this topic, the way that I handle conflict can really be a witness to my peers at school of my relationship with Christ, um, because they are in conflict not only in our homes we 've talked a lot about conflict in our homes, but to recognize that our our kids have conflict with friends, you know especially our daughters, you know the whole teenage drama mean girl thing you know at school. There is a lot of conflict that they're involved in. We've got some some of our midweek studies address, you know, how do I handle conflict with my friends specifically? Um, but, but to get into that, to recognize that there is conflict, and you can be a witness of Christ in the way that you deal with that, um, and that can help... In that process, um, there's conflict on sports teams, mm-hmm. conflict in dating relationships. I mean, there's all kinds of conflict, um, and we've tried to help our kids, you know, work through that. Um, both of our kids, in the things that, especially they post on Facebook. You know, when there's a conflict, I mean, Facebook is not intended to be the place where you air all your conflict for mm-hmm. the world to see because <laughs> mm-hmm. it just creates more conflict. Sure. And it's amazing mm-hmm. to see in our kids, but also in the students that we work with at church how big conflict gets because of something that was put on Facebook that was misinterpreted or blown out of proportion or something that was posted on a status in haste. And, Hmm. you know, I've had to go back with, with students and my kids and say, you know, you might want to remove that off your Facebook status because that
0: that's not helping the situation. That's any. a great point, right. Rick. I mean, in this in this day and age when students don't do a whole lot of one to one face to face communication, that's a great point. I mean, I even brought my son in one night. I, we were looking at I was looking at Facebook and and there was a, a guy that plays baseball with us, and I mean, it was very evident that he and his parents were having this conflict over Facebook. I mean, they were mm. making posts, and mm. I'm like. I brought him in, I said, don't do this, don't ever do this. I said, this is between you and I, if we have a conflict, we'll we'll deal with it in our home, you know, don't put it on here, because things were said that I'm sure there had to be, there was a lot of damage that I'm sure had to be, you know, taken (laughs) care of and healed through all of that. Plus, you've aired that for the whole world to see, and your witness... You know, mm. you've just blown your witness in some of those things you said. So it's a great point to say to our students. You know, you know, we need to deal with this face to face, and you need to deal with the conflict in your lives face to face between, like you said, between friends or a boyfriend girlfriend relationship, or with a teacher or whatever. You know, face to face, and let's talk about it. Don't do it. You know, in those texts and those posts when you can't see what people are. Facial expressions and tone and all those kinds of things. So it's a good point.
2: It's yeah. a really great point. Yeah, as, as student ministers, my husband and I, w- the church where we were serving, one of the things we we put in place when we first went there was that if there is ever an issue with a student or a parent, and we're speaking to student leaders, um, talk to us first, mm-hmm. and we'll talk directly to that parent or to that student, um, because that's that's you know that's pouring gasoline on those yeah. those conflicts. You know, it's a tendency what we have is to is to just keep Talking to everybody else, and that's what Facebook now, or Twitter, Mm -hmm. all those things allow us to do, is to air it out to everybody else instead of going directly directly to that person. And and it's just one of those, you know, best practice principles. I I so agree with those comments.
1: Well, as we're wrapping this one up, real quick, what would you guys, if you were the professional counselors uh, helping parents (laughs) that are are hearing this and thinking, man, kind of like me, I have no idea how to begin to handle conflict in our home and i 've got teenagers that are that are in middle of conflict we 've got lots of conflict going on. What do I do? What would you say to get them going in the right direction?
0: Talk to them i mean you 're going to have to talk you 're going to have to find a way and And what I mean by that is not yelling across the room that 's not kind of talking i 'm talking about it 's you know find a time where you can sit down and relax whether it 's going to McDonald 's for a Coke or down to Starbucks for a cup of coffee or just in your living room, just sit down and and really deal with it. So you're going to have to face it, even though it's hard. And like I said, I'm not one, I don't like facing that. Sometimes you just have to suck it up and, you know, and just (laughs) do it, you know, and realize one of the things I want to, and I want to say this earlier, but realize that there is a ton of conflict in our world and a ton of conflict going around us. And a lot of that is because it's not been taken care of at home. They are learning how to deal with conflict from you in your home and that's gonna carry out into their relationship. So you're the training ground. You are the training ground. Your home is the training ground on how to deal with conflict. So first thing is, well really the first thing is Don says, pray about it. And then secondly Man up, you know, man up and, and, and just, you know, deal with it. Talk to them, sit down, deal with it. Well, I do
1: like what you said about, you know, going someplace to, uh, you know, someplace public, um, you know, McDonald's or Starbucks. Um, it tends to diffuse things a little bit. And I've even found and you have to deal with each of your kids differently. But, right. you know, with one of my kids, it's really helpful to say, all right. You know, tomorrow, I want us to go and we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the situation mm-hmm. um, rather than just springing it on them yeah. um, while you're in the car. Say, oh, well, let's talk about the situation <laughs> and completely mm-hmm. catch them off guard, is to give them mm-hmm. some time to, to prepare to say, okay, we are going to talk about this. Uh, let's go get something to eat tomorrow and we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good point. All right, what else? Help me out in
2: <laughs> Well, I mean, let's say a couple of things. One is setting boundaries. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, some, some things you can avoid if you communicate ahead of time. That's just the whole expectations boundaries talking about it second thing is, is some great advice I heard was um, in marriage was a uh, Always assume or, or never assume that he woke up to just make your day bad. And, and the point of that is assume the best in people. I mean, I think we forget that with our kids. Uh, I mean, you know, just assume the best. Start from that vantage point before you even begin the conversation, even deal with it um, out of out of who God has made them to be, despite, you know, whatever the action is you're seeing, uh, seeing today. Assume the best. Start there. Um, then the other thing is just, you know, very practically, um, it's difficult to talk about it. I mean, we've said that a, a, a lot is, just, you know, just go run, talk about it. But, uh, for some people it might be best just write, write things down. And I would say both do that, you know, have, have your teenager write down, you know, what they want to say and then you write it down, you know, you don't have to write the whole script out, but you know, what, what, what are the real issues you know that need to be dealt with and check them off, you know, as you kind of walk through it and along those lines is, um is not from the vantage point of i you know mm-hmm. or or do it from the vantage point of i and not always from the vantage point of you you know you did this you did that talk about you know start start from the vantage point of i you know what what are those things about your feelings you know or whatever it is that that you need you need to address without being so accusatory and extend grace um the whole point of grace is that it's undeserved That's the point. (laughs) Um, That teenager doesn't deserve it. Um, But uh, neither do we.
0: Yeah. I think just to to echo that, just keep in mind that the grace thing. Doesn't mean it's Don said, not sweeping under the rug and ignoring it. That's not grace, you know. Mm-hmm. Grace is being able to say, okay, this is what it is, and I forgive and moving forward. So, mm-hmm. because I think that's what we said. Sometimes we think, well, if I can just kind of not do it, not <laughs> right. at least mm-hmm. ignore it, then that's the best thing. But that's not. It's just going to get bigger. Yeah.
2: And Part of the resolution is make a plan to move forward. Okay, yeah. it, it's happened, and everybody in the room yeah. now knows it. So, what are the one, two, three things we're going to do going forward? How mm-hmm. are we going to have a different tomorrow? So. Yeah.
1: Right, that's good, and I would also encourage parents um, as your students are engaged in conflict that we talked about, you know, with their peers in sports teams at school, that you sit down and talk with them about it, but also pray with them. We've mm-hmm. mentioned that, and, you know, pray with your kids about that conflict and and talk with them. You know, I know for me as a parent, my first inclination is once I know there's conflict, well, I'll pray for you about it, but then I want to jump in and fix it. Yeah. Um, I think we need to pray for our kids, give them some guidance, direction and help walk them through that process. But we can't solve all their problems for them because then they're going to grow up, you know, to be adults wanting their parents to solve their problems. We need to equip Mm -hmm. them to be able to handle those situations, but certainly pray with them about that, walk with them about it. And, And what I've done with my kids is just to pray that, you know, God, in this situation, man, there's a lot of tension going on, but we want you to be glorified in this and help us to handle this. Help my daughter handle this in a way that's going to honor and glorify you. Um, and again, just coming back to that whole aspect that the way that we handle conflict can be a witness to other folks and they can see that in us. So. Mm, amen. Well, parents, thanks for joining us. Join us again next month. We'll pick up a brand new topic.